0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody, working up. Everybody's working. For that time, jersey.
1: We are in the middle of the heat of summer, but we're also in the middle of that, that pesky little gap between OTAs wrapping up and mini camps wrapping up and not quite being the training camp yet. So you guys know what that means. It's a mailbag episode. It is the tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, mailbag episode at the beginning of July. Nate, you just came off vacation. Seth, I don't feel like you've ever taken one, but I, regardless, <laughs> I feel pretty rejuvenated right now to be here for a new edition of Time Summers.
2: It's uh, it's great to be back from vacation. Quick side note to start this thing: Did you guys know that I spoke in front of actual human beings in a room yesterday? It was I an amazing it. experience. I know it was an amazing experience. There was about forty people at the Carriage Club here in Kansas City, and they too uh, wanted a little, you know, 2021 season preview before training camp happens. Uh, love the folks there; they were very nice. Shout out to my my good friend Corey Bittner and the just the Cares Club as a whole. Um, but yeah, this is I I can feel the momentum. I can feel the buzz starting to grow. You know, I always get a weird feeling when Wimbledon ends. Mm-hmm. And then like the NFL, like you'll 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 notice something, kids, when like the NBA finals and Wimbledon end. All we're gonna talk about is football. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's an exciting time. Um, we're going to answer your questions, which is always a fun thing for me, both in this sort of form, audio-wise, and then also part two of the mailbag will come out Friday. Um, and I've already reserved those 12 or so questions to sort of dig into. But it's, uh, yeah, it, I'm somewhat refreshed. I'm ready to go. If you ask me this question, Josh, on August 8th, (laughs) you will get a different answer, sir.
1: (laughs) Seth, how are you feeling? You feel, I I know you did, you did actually get like a few consecutive days off because we were texting about how remarkable that phenomenon is.
3: It was amazing. (laughs) The only work I did on Saturday was I, I took some phone calls, which apparently my wife tells me is work, but -hmm. it was like maybe an hour. And then Sunday I worked for like maybe 20 minutes. And so it was like two straight days basically no work and it was awesome um and then also i speaking of nate's mailbags i was referenced um as at least in the running in being related to one of his favorite memories and i just want to say (laughs) josh the fact that you've never done that for me (laughs) is what i'd really like to focus on here Um, but no, life is good. Life is good, and I have one really good friend on this call, um, on this podcast, and so I'm really excited about that.
1: I, huh? So I don't know what to do about that because, like, I wasn't like I. I mean, I think I've come up in the newsletter a couple times, but I've I've made at least two appearances here in this uh, in in Nate's
3: mailbag. I I oh, but the so, issue is that I don't write mailbags. Well wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute. <laughs> are, are you're not going to hold me to the same standard that I'm holding you are you because that I that feels <laughs> wrong somehow. <laughs> this, That's true. <laughs> That's where it all falls apart. Yeah. Um, well,
1: listen, I my mailbag is to do this with you guys. Yes. And this is, you know, and this is my favorite memory of uh, all time. Actually, this right here, my, you know, whatever, graduating, you know, uh, uh, birthdays, great beloved childhood memories, best memories in in sports media. All of those are washed away. Just every time we do a new episode of Times Ours. Uh, there's like a hundred and whatever. Not you know, that's my top one hundred and ten, or just episodes of Times R's, and then everything else shows up after that.
3: That's is that reasonable? Does that make you feel better, Seth? I feel so much better. I am just Great. someone. So just, I I did get the wind knocked out of me twenty nine minutes ago, where someone posted an old comment of mine regarding Matt <laughs> Castle following the two thousand ten season, and this Jeez. is a problem when you've been doing this as long as I have. And this is what I wrote after the 2010 season on Matt Castle. Is the touchdown interception ratio on Castle or not? Either stats fall on the quarterback or they don't. Can't make the bad stats his fault and give credit for good stats to someone else. He's to blame or he should get credit for both respectively. That is a cringe level take on quarterback <laughs> stats. Listen. And 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 I I I I I think, you know, the point I'm making is that stats either matter or they don't. And so you can't give and take with them. But really what I should have said was let's stop talking about TD int ratio as if it matters and his film was bad. And I just, I'm shook up when I see how bad I used to be at this job and how I ever made a (laughs) career out of this is beyond me. And I just want to say to anyone who read my stuff prior to about 2011, that's when I really started getting interested in film and I apologize for not learning more sooner. But you know, I was young, I was in my twenties guys, you know, what are you going to do? Like, listen,
1: I speaking again of this podcast, I'm hoping that nothing that I do in my 20s or say in my 20s is held against me in any way whatsoever, which means the entirety of this podcast and theoretically the next several years of this podcast. Uh, And then I just sort of get to start with a clean state at 30. That's that's my hope. I like it. Uh, let's get into a couple things here, because I legitimately, we've talked about this before. Sometimes we'll do 50 minutes of show and then five <laughs> minutes of mailbag. Yep. That will not be today. Today is the quintessential Woo-woo! offseason mailbag episode. But the one piece of news that I wanted to make sure that we got to at least touch on on the front end here uh, came, I think, very early in Nate's vacation. And Seth and I talked about it on, on the radio.
2: Day, w- Literally oh. day one, Josh. Oh. Like, day one. Me and my family out here in Colorado— and uh, yeah, the the news eventually got to me.
1: So uh, I I I don't know if I broke it to you, if I just texted you very early on, but I was exasperated. So I I hope that I you, wasn't the one you, that actually actually broke that. I, I, I should have just let you, you let, let you live. You you did you did. Oh
0: oh,
2: oh sorry. <laughs> uh, I was uh, I was maybe people will know my location by this reference, but um I, I had just gotten off the gondola. And was like. <laughs> ah. And then I looked at my wife, and God bless her, Holly, who's been in this game just as long as I have, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> knew exactly what that sign <laughs> meant.
1: Yep. So with. With that being said, we're now we're, we're we're far enough away. There's no real news to report on the Frank Clark front, but he was arrested for illegal firearm possession in LA County, uh, which then revealed later on that there was a second charge that that had been uh, the exact same thing, basically three months prior. Really, no news since then. Um, but so I just want to spend like two minutes mm-hmm. on it. But but Nate, you see the news, you talk to whoever you talk to. Do yeah. you have a feel right now of? of you know, are we at the end of that story? Do you expect to hear anything from the league, from the Chiefs? What, kind of where are you at on that front? And then, Seth, I'd like to hear just a a, a slightly lawyerly perspective on, on what's going down here.
2: Yeah, so I, I've read just about everything. Um, I know the Kansas City star, uh, Sam McDowell, did, a, did some good work in terms of connecting the dots uh, with this while I was on vacation. So, I mean, the understanding is, you know, I'm sure – uh, and I don't know if this was exactly put in that piece or if it's sort of after the fact. But look, the, the Chiefs know what what is going on with guys. So um, the assumption here is that they must have known about the situation in March. They clearly know about the situation now. Uh, this was first resort. This was first reported, excuse me, by TMZ. Um, and so, uh, what I will write and say, kind of right now, is you know there is a legitimate argument to make that. Uh, Frank Clark could and perhaps should be suspended to some degree. Um, That is a question now of, will it come from the Chiefs themselves? Uh, The Chiefs have basically said what most NFL teams say in this case, which is we will let the legal process play out. Obviously, Frank and his lawyers um, will try to defend him as best possible. Uh, Frank has sort of alleged or, or sort of given... An appearance that this uh, weapon was not his, uh, even though it was technically in his vehicle. Uh, And if you read the police report and you are led to believe what the police saw and said at the time, that they were able to uh, notice this weapon with their own eyes without really having to, you know, do anything uh, nefarious based on police, uh, you know, protocols. Uh, The League could suspend him because it's a violation of the personal conduct policy, uh, which really you can look at that rule and you could read word for word, but it's like, don't embarrass us is ultimately what the rule is. Um, especially when it comes to like legal stuff. So uh, Tom Brady got four games for the Gate. Tyreek Hill got zero games for the summer of 2019. Somewhere in there, Frank Clark could be suspended or not. So, I mean, uh, I think, Clark Hunt will make some statement. Uh, he will be at training camp, of course, in St. Joseph. I'm sure he will address it once we ask him questions about it when given the opportunity. Um, but look, the Chiefs can suspend him as soon as camp start. They can wait until uh, this is all finalized from a legal police standpoint. Um, and the league could say, well, we don't really care about that. Uh, you've, uh, you're have you apparently a repeat offender on this. And so here's three games. I mean, it, it, it could go a number of ways. Uh, so I just want to give that sort of background to where this may play out moving forward. But there's a legitimate argument to make that um, he could be suspended for this. And if people are still wondering why he's on the team, he's still on the team. And that should answer your question.
3: Seth, anything there lawyerly uh, intrigue you? Uh, You know, just to say, I I haven't read the police reports. And something that people should keep in mind is that every case, while there are some you know, the expression is if you've prosecuted one DWI, you've prosecuted them all. It's not really an expression. It's just something everyone knows. Um, They all look the same. They all read the same, but there are little tiny differences in every one of them. Um, I would just say that it's it's a victimless crime by and large, which means you might not see a ton of pushing from the prosecutor just depending on what the specific violation is. And so- there's just so little that I know right now. I guess the only thing I would note is just, this isn't legal advice because I'm a prosecutor. I'm not allowed to give people legal advice, but most states, virtually all states, have what's known as a plain view doctrine. Meaning, if you have an encounter with law enforcement and they see something illegal on you in plain view, they can take it. And they can grab it, and they can use that to expand a search of your person or vehicle or potentially your home, depending <laughs> on everything that's going on. so if you if you are going to be driving around allegedly, of course, with a firearm that is illegal in the jurisdiction you're in, which you probably shouldn't do that anyway, there's free there's free advice. Zip up the bag That's it. Your right to be free of search and seizure does not extend to things that are in plain view and just zip up the bag, people. Now, again, maybe that's not what happened here. Who knows? But based on the allegations, that's what I would just tell people. Just zip up the bag. Like, like, just zip it up. Like, you might get pulled over for having expired tabs. You might go 67 in a 65. Like, Everyone breaks traffic laws and can get pulled over about every five minutes, you know? So just that, that's my thoughts. But in terms of the, the actual criminal case itself, they are alleging a, a very common defense. You know, the the, the shaggy defense it wasn't me, um, or in this case, <laughs> it wasn't mine. It's, <laughs> did you enjoy that? I'm
1: just imagining now the defendant, the lawyer standing there going, your honor, it wasn't me. Yep. But we saw it in the car. Yeah, yeah exactly. It wasn't me.
2: And then I sticking right out the bag. the bag, and then I, I, mean, just want, yeah, it's- I just want somebody to mention the shower in this in this courtroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Nope. laughs> and- we found it in the shower. It wasn't me. Uh, I think that this
1: episode is now officially just zip it up and a mailbag. Like that's it right there. Because yes. th- zip it up is a pretty like that's good advice. Like ninety eight percent of the time. Yeah. So just do that. Uh, well, let, let's hop into the mailbag then, because I think if if you want to hear more, I mean, Seth and I talked about it more shortly thereafter, and and. When stuff happens, we'll talk about it more. That's sort of just where we're at at, at this point. I don't think there's anything else to, to really uncover. And we don't have, um, I, I want to get through as many of these as possible, ideally. So uh, with that being said, also, I do want to mention, so again, Nate's got the mailbag part one up on The Athletic, um, which also includes some really good stuff about some Chiefs receivers. We will get to that momentarily. Uh, and also, uh, Seth has started his Young Guns series in the Chief of the North newsletter. He's got a, a piece about Patrick Mahomes on third down that's up there. So Chief of the North uh, it's eminchiefsfan.substack.com there. You can, of course, go to theathletic.com for what, what Nate has done so far this offseason. So more written stuff there that we're not going to get to cover today. because We're taking some ding-dang questions, but they're all going to work together here. Um, and I I will start... With uh, quickly becoming a nemesis of mine uh, at Reed KC on Twitter, because he asks, uh, "How wrong will Jay Blizzard, which is apparently me now, wow. that's fine. I've been called worse nicknames. How wrong will Jay Blizzard be about McColl as the starting number two this year?" Now, I don't remember what I have said precisely to make uh, hashtag Brantilla season, which is his display name, this mad at me about McColl Hardman. Uh, but we've we've had discussions about him, and, and Nate, you wrote about McColl Hardman in your mailbag in a way that I. I thought was very interesting. So, what where are you at right now on on McCall Hardman what his role will
2: be this year? You know, a lot and change between February and now and mm-hmm. in short, McCole Hardman has my trust and my confidence based on what I saw uh in the OTA and mini camp portions, I expect that to translate in the training camp and preseason portion of this upcoming year. Um as I said in the in the mailbag, look, like the reason he can be so frustrating to people, which is understandable is because he has so much talent because there are so many tools there that should work seamlessly in this offense. Mm-hmm. The problem that I've written before and mentioned here is that, you know, he just didn't have time to really build that connection, that timing, that chemistry with Patrick Mahomes. And look, he got a chance this year um, because obviously we're, we're, we're trying to come out of this pandemic in, in a, in a, you know, in a sound manner. Um, there is no Sammy Watkins. I know people love Byron Pringle. He has limitations that McCole Hartman doesn't. Um, Demarcus Robinson knows the offense inside and out. That will be his advantage uh, for as long as he's on the team. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's you know obviously this upcoming year, and, and if he wants to stay on um, when he gets to his free agency again this spring. But I think for McCole, I just have a lot more trust that I'm seeing progress now, which should translate moving forward. And I think, as you mentioned before, Josh, um, it takes receivers some time in the Andy Reid offense to really thrive in it uh, to where you start to see the statistics match the production and the talent. Um, if there was ever a year for this to all come together for Michael Hartman, I do believe it is this year. Uh, he's young enough. He's healthy. He's still got blazing speed. Obviously, I think Andy Reid has to create some play designs along with you know Eric Bienamy and Matt Kafka to get this guy more opportunities uh to where he just can't be a gadget player or a guy coming off a jet sweep and hey just let your raw talent show itself on the field. Um and I'll make this point too lastly for both of you guys. In 2019 this is just a, just a little little footnote. Little footnote that I want people to always remember. In 2019, you know who did a favor for the Chiefs who was not who was not on their roster? Any guesses. He is a he is an NFL player. I No. Uh, I, I, I no, I have no idea. That man is Antonio Brown. Uh, what Antonio Brown did in 2019 should never be forgotten. Even though quietly he's got all the fame talent. Um this man sabotaged the Oakland Raiders who were actually putting together a pretty nice roster because as you saw last year, the Raiders were pretty close to making the playoffs. I would argue if Antonio Brown, I don't know, was a normal human being at that time, (laughs) the Oakland Raiders probably would have snuck into the playoffs. Um, I can't, I'm just surprised they still play in Oakland. They, well, they, well, that, that experiment ended as well. So, (laughs) He sabotages the Oakland Raiders before the season starts. He goes to the New England Patriots, kind of shows Tom Brady, hey, look at this shoulder. Oh, oh, it's it's the shoulder strap coming down. Wow. Like, look, look look what's there for us as a football team. And then, of course, you know, he did more Antonio Brown things. And Bill Belichick was like, come on, dog. I ain't got time for this. Like, no. And so he sabotaged New England Patriots, who the Chiefs were, you know, trying to chase down the entire year. All I'm saying is, for completely different reasons. Juju Smith Schuster not taking the deal with the Chiefs could benefit McCole Hardman the most. Similar to how yeah. Antonio Brown kind of did the Chiefs a favor in 2019. And then, of course, you know, pretty much ended their chances of winning a Super Bowl in in the, in February, when he beat Tyron Matthew in a one-on-one situation, doing the exact opposite of what they would tell you to do as a receiver in DB. So This all comes together, but I I have, McCole Hardman has my trust. Uh, Seth, I want to, this is very similar, but I want to take
1: the question slightly differently from Nathan S. on Twitter. Is the Chiefs' current receiver core depth going into the season a legitimate concern? Sometimes I think we'll be fine, while other times having Hardman, Robinson, and Pringle as 2-3-4 makes me nervous. Curious as to your guys' thoughts. What do you think, Seth?
3: Uh, I think people should really check out what the receiver room was the majority of the 2018 season. As well as the majority of the two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty season um we we really think about Sammy Watkins a lot, but the reality is he missed a ton of time or was hurt, and so most of the time they you know Demarcus Robinson has gotten a ton of snaps forever. he's still on the team, and I think there's a little bit of that familiarity breed's contempt issue with him. Mm-hmm. In that Robinson knows the offense. He knows how to perform in it. He knows how to put up yards in it. And the the reality is it's their third receiver spot that, that where things become somewhat of a question mark. And they do have a viable, if you viewed them as just, if Travis Kelsey were a wide receiver, which no one would care that Demarcus mm-hmm. Robinson was the third receiver. He really is the third receiver. The Chiefs really are built differently in terms of, what every other team in the NFL is doing other than like maybe the Raiders with like Darren Waller, stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, or the, the Niners with George Kittle. So I'm not too worried about it. I think, uh, you know, there's maybe a cap for the ceiling, but the bigger issue in my opinion is the offensive line. And if the offensive line doesn't gel, it'll hurt the offense a little bit. The, 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 the offensive line part will hurt them a lot. The receiving part will, make it to where it doesn't help fix that. You know what I mean? Like, because then you'll have guys yeah. not getting open, you know, that kind of stuff. But if the offensive line gels, it's not going to matter. Um, and, and guys and and Hardman is the wild card here. I wrote a lot about him heading into the 2020 season. I was kind of disappointed. I watched him improve over the course of the 2019 season and then remain stagnant all of 2020. That was disappointing. I think people have been a little quick to give up on a guy with his level of talent though. So we'll see.
1: The only thing I'd add to that is that because I, I think I probably of the three of us have the most contempt for the, the wide receiver specific situation. And I don't think it's because they're going to lose the division or even not get the one seed because I don't think they upgraded it, it essentially wide receiver three enough. I just want it, you know, and, sure. and, the, and the, clearly Brett Veach and the Chiefs have wanted it also because they went and they gave that money to Sammy Watkins. They'll be fine. I just I would like to see a world that is that is fantasy football Madden offense and and I don't think that it's going to be that way with Hardman and Robinson as essentially but again you make it you make them your 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 third and fourth receivers as opposed to your second and third and it it starts to sound a little a little less harsh. Um, you mentioned something there with the offensive line, Seth, that, I, that reminded me of, of this question from uh, Chef Boyard D G on on Twitter. <laughs> you get to have a rematch with Tampa for the Super Bowl. You can pick between a 100 healthy team from this year, the 2021 22 roster, or magically heal your entire roster from this past year. Uh, Tampa is the same team either way. Who do you pick and why? Um, I, in fact, I want to I want to hop in based on what you just said there, Seth here Here's why I would take healthy last year. First of all, you get healthy Sammy Watkins um and also fully healthy Patrick Mahomes, which we you know, he said it every turn he talked twice on TV his toes fine. don't worry about his toe guys don't worry about it um but you also get an offensive line that we know works mm-hmm. and and it's an offensive line with maybe Mike Remmers at one of the guard spots and and Coleccio Simile and you've got your tackles and everything so i I would take the fully healthy roster from last year because I know it works. That that would be my differentiation. Do either of you disagree with that?
2: No. Um, and for Chiefs fans for Chiefs fans specifically, uh, you would want last year's roster. Just because and one of the things that really harpened last year's Super Bowl is the idea that like, well, we saw that game in late November, if, if my memory's correct and yeah, they've mm-hmm. torched them for half. and yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and that wasn't even a fully healthy Chiefs roster. Correct. Um, and, so, yeah. and, 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 and the last thing I would say with, with that, set is you know, I guess two things. One, if you do win that game, fully healthy versus fully healthy, um, you have risen above so many other champions because you would have ended the NFL's drought of being back-to-back champions. And secondly, mm-hmm. um, Tampa had not fully bloomed yet. You know, and so as Tony Romo, you know, wisely at the time, and I thought he maybe was a little bit irrational, but he must have saw something in that second half where he said, you know, Jim, Jim Nance, this is what it's going to be. Chiefs Buccaneers, you know, and he was right Mm -hmm. um, after that after that game. But we didn't see, you know, so as much as I think the Chiefs probably win that game with the fully healthy roster, I would have loved to have seen. What Tampa Bay had honestly done over those last seven to eight weeks where they really put it together. Their team chemistry got sort of in the line. And look, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich really listened to Tom Brady. And so they all got on a right sort of path mentally mm-hmm. uh, for that team to be a really good Packers team that we will, will, will. Soon forget in two years. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, One thing someone pointed out to
3: me who's a lot smarter than I am is that um, I think Nate Tice was talking about this to an extent in him and Chris Brown and a bunch of those guys who really know football. um, They were talking about midway through the year. You saw a shift in Tampa Bay's offense in that Arians was giving Brady more and more control at the line of scrimmage to call out the protections. Arians loves to have a really vertical passing attack. And there was a Mm -hmm. ton of conversation about Tom Brady's arm, early in the year and whether they could get it done utilizing that. Um, well, the problem they were having wasn't necessarily Brady's arm. It's the fact that he was getting killed and Arians quarterbacks have always gotten hit a ton. Um, and you can look at basically every system he's ever had. His quarterbacks have gotten hit unless you've got a veteran back there. And very few people are, are better at calling out protections than Brady. And you can even see that in the Super Bowl, you can see that in their initial matchup. Spagnuolo's blitzes for a while are getting the job done. And once Tampa Bay started blocking them up, very different game. Additionally, it's worth noting in the Super Bowl, because of the way that game went down, they were able to do a ton of play action and movement type stuff that really exploited the Chiefs def- defense's weaknesses, as opposed to like letting Chris Jones just go off in a straight up pass rush situation, that sort of thing. Um, the thing that I would say, with, a, like you said, that roster works we know it works. And just the the idea of a fully healthy – because if you say fully healthy, now you're talking Eric Fisher at left guard. Um, tackle, yeah. Or right. left tackle. Yeah. tackle. Yeah. yeah. At left guard, I think, um, you know, if you're doing fully healthy, assembly is at left guard. Um, and then at right tackle, you've got Mitch Schwartz who – We know what he does when healthy to dominant pass rushers. We know that side would have gotten shut down exactly like what he did in the previous year's Super Bowl. It's worth noting that the Chiefs offensive line got killed in the Super Bowl the previous year with one exception. And that one exception was enough. So I I think you have to take that because, like you said, you know it works. But this year's offensive line has a really interesting ceiling.
1: Yeah, it does. It just, also, I think you're not doing this. I think you're doing the exact opposite of this. But I think oftentimes you assume the ceiling, not you, the royal you. I think we can assume the ceiling, and that is very rarely fully hit. But it happens all the time throughout sports. We all talk about the ceiling. I mean, God, think about draft coverage. Like, Draft coverage, we all assume the ceiling yes. through the, at least the first round. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yep. Um, and that's and that's not a very smart way to be. So if you have something you've seen, you know, I think that was in some ways kind of the logic of, of trying the run it back campaign as it was. So yes. There's, there's
0: that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: Here's another sort of receiving core question from Wes Burns on Twitter. Where do you rank Travis Kelsey right now amongst the top NFL tight ends of all time? Um, I'll tell you that right now on, uh, on Stat Muse, there's a, a good chart that that shows that Kelsey is right behind a, a handful of people that he will pass next season, assuming he records 800 receiving yards with mm. barring injury. He will do, which would put him fourth just in yards, purely as a yards metric, behind Shannon Sharp, Antonio Gates, Jason Witten, and Tony Gonzalez. Um, where, where would you guys, and he, I guess he, he may not pass Gronk if, if Gronk keeps adding right, stats there. Right. He's got about a 600 yard lead. So uh,
2: what do you guys make of that? Um, I, I think if you were in a lab, you would create Rob Gronkowski. Um, but J I mean, Travis Kelsey is better than Jason Witten. Just straight. Yes. up. Yes. Just right. straight up. He's better than Antonio <laughs> yes. Gates. Just straight yeah. up. I will give legitimate argue. Cause I saw it with my own eyes. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, shannon sharp was that dude okay yes. god he was so good oh uh, yes now he had some he had some chris paul in him briscoe <laughs> he really did where he was like which by uh, the way one, of the, one of the greatest four. of all time four. Well, thank
1: you thank you could we get one collective sons in four thank you very much thank you chris <laughs> little chris paul means he's an all-time great that's on the way to a championship right now god i hope
2: they don't lose game two tonight and then people have to listen to this at a one-one series what what, what you have to do is you have to you have to put a fist or, or if somebody's near you, grab somebody's shirt and then throw up the Suns in four. Because don't ever forget that, <laughs> kids. He had this man's soul in his one hand and then told you Suns <laughs> and four. Anyway, Shannon Sharp had a lot of football-esque CP3 in him, which is like yeah. using all the tricks, using all the savvy, just getting up in your mind and then telling the referees, what are you talking about? What? Come on. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, if he had any top tier quarterback, and I know, I know you're thinking about Trent Green. If you, if, if Trent Green for like three years was excellent, Pro Bowl player, but what if Tony Gonzalez had Peyton Manning? I mean, what if Tony Gonzalez had Tom Brady? I mean, just he had Matt Ryan who was, you know, ascending, but again, Similar to Trent Green in my mind. Um, Tony Gonzalez is so, so good, people. Uh, So I think he's... I think when when his career is over, I would say that Travis Kelsey will be a top five tight end unquestioned. Um, It's just a matter of preference, the style in which you saw these players play in, how you would like your offense to operate, who had the best top end, gotta have it moments. Uh, That player is Rob Gronkowski, ladies and gentlemen. Um, (laughs) But yeah. And uh, I'm going to leave it to Seth to just say George Kittle and and, and, and go ahead, sir. Dunk on everybody. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would just say
3: whenever you try to evaluate the greatest, you know, where someone lands, there's different measurements of that, right? Like, is it who was the best at their absolute peak? Who had the best career? Who mm-hmm. was the greatest for longest? Um, because there's different conversations to be had here. Um I would say this in terms of Travis Kelsey at his absolute peak. I think the only tight end that I would even consider taking at their absolute peak over Kelsey would be Gronkowski and Gronkowski. um, I'm not sure if his, um, you know, six offensive line ability as a blocker is worth running a more limited route tree. Now, now, that's Mm -hmm. not to say that he has a limited route tree. That is, he doesn't. Ronk at his peak was an amazing receiver. Amazing, But he was not the route runner Kelsey is. And he's right. not. he does not have the same ability to find the holes and zones. Again, great, great, great player. But compared to Kelsey, he has a limited route tree, which is true of like 95% of anyone to ever play in the NFL. Okay? So it's not a shot. But I, I think, and, and I love Tony Gonzalez as well, and I'm curious what he would have done on yeah. better teams. But I just, I cannot emphasize this enough. And I, I say this all the time when we talk about Kelsey. If you have Game Pass, pick some random game. Go to when the Chiefs are on offense to passing plays, and just watch Kelsey. He is always open. Open. Oh, always. it's it is it is freakish. Uh, and unless your name is Darwin James, win healthy. Yep, yep. Unless unless he's being covered man to man by like James, um, Gilmore gave him some trouble from time to time. Chris Harris Jr. They kind of traded snaps. Um, although Kelsey just gave him the business a few times too. It was, it was hilarious, but he just lives open in a modern NFL that does a lot more zone and pattern match type stuff, especially pattern match as opposed. I mean, some teams get away with straight man, but no one can play straight man on Kelsey. Like, I mean, you saw what he did in the playoffs to a couple of pro bowl corners, mm. just brutalize them. And so that it is almost impossible Similarly to Mahomes at quarterback or talking about Tyreek Hill's speed, it's almost impossible to exaggerate how great Travis Kelsey is as a route runner and getting open. And so I would say to me, I think he's the second and arguably maybe the first, depending on what you're looking for, peak to ever play. And hope I, my sincere hope is that that peak carries on long enough to where people don't automatically discard it because some other players had such longevity.
1: And also, I mean, I think there's a really good chance that Kelsey ends up having a very long career yep. right, by NFL standards because some of the stuff, there's those little clips from the, the tight end summit and everything that were coming out. Some of that stuff is going to age pretty well. Oh, his yeah. burst will, his burst will decline over time. I mean, he probably doesn't have, he doesn't have his peak top end speed right now. Right. Um, but I, he he is going to be infuriating to cover. I mean, think about how, how late in, in his career was Antonio yep. Gates a pain? Yep. Just boxing,
3: just you out. Antonio Gates was Eric Barry's kryptonite, long past Eric Barry at Berry, age seventy five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, long past <laughs> yeah. when, when Barry got past some of his earlier kind of struggles to an extent in man coverage that got wildly exaggerated, in my opinion. But that's a whole other ball of wax. When Barry had become an excellent coverage safety, Antonio Gates still just constantly worked him over, and it was yeah. so aggravating. And I could see Kelsey having a very Antonio Gates you know 5 years at the end of his career with 800 800 800 600 800 you know what i mean yeah and absolutely especially with Mahomes throwing him the ball and and gates peak was was
1: not Travis Kelsey's. No. just so that just are yes. right yes. clear on that one. his career is incredibly long a great a great player and and i and i think evident evident by how much we were all in sync on boy that dude was a menace to watch God, play against the football team i root for God. um but but yeah i think that i think that covers that pretty well um Let's go. There, was a, I have a couple of very uh, questions that could could take some very long conversations. And then so here's a quick one. Let's do this one. Let's sneak in a quick one here, Nate. Uh, this one specifically for you because you're the one with the best chance of knowing from Call Draco on Twitter. I guess probably Draco. Draco. Uh, which uh, Which Chiefs player has the best singing voice? <sighs> Bashad Breeland is gone. D Ford is gone. Two yeah. huge blows to this D, question.
2: D Ford, who could play the piano. I also think of Chris Conley too, off the top of my oh, yeah. head. Um. Right on this current roster, let me, <laughs> let me go through this real quick. Um, I've seen Travis Kelsey do karaoke to "Don't Stop Believing." It was fine. Here, here's a, here's maybe a dark horse that I would want to see at the karaoke bar. Clyde Edwards aware. Hmm. Just any particular reason? <laughs> just just think it might be interesting. You got some southernness to him. If you put him on the right, right track. It could really work well. Got that? Got that deep tone. You could feel it in his heart. Uh, if he gives you the performance you're looking for, young ladies. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Clyde. I, it is interesting. Like, there's no one who comes to the top of mind. And you also have to remember too that I would have heard more singing had I been in the locker room last year. Had there That's not right. been it's tough. So, yeah. so you know, someone who was managing like last year. You know, Tyre Matthew told us that. You know, hey, I used to kind of. You know, uh, I used to kind of DJ in the locker room a little bit. You know, give me the ox cord, I'll 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 give you some stuff. And then Le'Veon Bell came onto the team, and then he kind of showed his personality that way, and that allowed him to connect with a lot of teammates off the field. You know, within the context of of the NFL season. But you know, Reggie Ragland knew how to play music, y'all. I mean, mm. Reggie Raglan and I kind of think. Similarly, in terms of like getting the funk, getting the rhythm right, getting everybody to feel (laughs) a certain groove after we just practice for two hours. So, look, I don't know who that person is. And again, Reggie Rockman can carry a tune as well. But I think Southern boys, when you give them the right chance, they'll surprise you. And that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire.
1: Uh, Seth, this one's for you. Uh, does Seth? This is from Alligator Al. Does Seth's home insurance have any subclasses related to loss of poultry or waterfowl?
3: Oh man, look, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> so the the chickens and ducks. This is our no this more. is a, this
1: is our stupid question halftime. Yeah, yeah, this, this is a, our halftime. Yeah, the question.
3: chickens and ducks were no more. A raccoon got in, and oh. and and yes, the the raccoon was caught in the act, and and it didn't end well for the raccoon. I ended up in like a two hour conversation with someone about the. The morality of killing varmints. And I got to be honest with you, I still land in the squarely in the sometimes you have to protect your pets, but that's a whole nother ball of wax. However, we now have two new chickens and two new ducks. So, oh, well, that didn't take long. It did not. My wife called Can, me. Is last one week. of them named Briscoe Jr.? Um, so I would like to have a memorial yes, for Briscoe Jr. Actually, the, one of them the is named duck. Briscoe Jr. Um, Excellent. That definitely doesn't
1: sound like you just decided
3: that. Yeah. So, so there's no special insurance policy other than my wife calling me and saying I did a thing. And I knew immediately that meant we have birds at our house again. And we do. I wanted a dog, but excited about, well, it's the old line, right? I wanted a dog. She wanted some new ducks. (laughs) So we compromised and got some ducks. Could have just had a pet, a pet raccoon, man. I listen.
1: I, 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 we have not had this discussion, and I honestly, truly do not care to. But girlfriend Renee has been working at a wildlife like yeah. rehabilitation center this last couple of months. I've gotten so many cute pictures of baby raccoons. Raccoons are very. Stuff.
3: They're very, oh. they're very cute until they're not. And this <laughs> raccoon, um, absolutely, this raccoon 100%. was. So when they first opened the door, my wife's comment was, "Oh, it's so cute." And, really and then it, it, um, then it, it, then it, then it dropped the head of Brisco the well, duck at her that feet. That was part like, of it, but it also, Godfather. So raccoons are a violent animal and, uh, yeah. you know, it felt a little threatened, I'm sure. And it decided to show some teeth and make some noises and it wasn't so cute anymore. And yeah, yeah so no, it was a whole deal, but yes, raccoons are cute. And I, I do, I do feel for all raccoons. But uh, yeah, the, the the ducks and chickens. It was a, it was a rough week, man. I appreciate the person asking about our yes. insurance policy on it. <laughs> uh, here's a here's a football question again,
1: Nate. This is from uh, from Zach uh, at the layman's terms on on Twitter. What's going on with the honey badger extension?
2: Uh, nothing. Uh and that's <laughs> all right. Next question. That's that's good and bad, right? It's good yeah. because nothing's supposed to happen right now. Um, You know, re- what I would tell fans is remember how quiet the Travis Kelsey extension was. Now, part of that mm. was because they were waiting for Kittle to sign the deal. And Kelsey was secure enough that his ego did not need the, hey, I'm making the most money in the league at the tight end position. Uh, so they let Kittle set the market. They gave Kelsey the next best thing. Uh, I'm not sure if that's exactly what's going to happen with the safety market, because I think safety is a position that's that's ever-changing in terms of mm. salary cap and percentage of the cap and things of that nature. Obviously, the cap is flat right now. We assume it will go up because there'll be fans in the stands again and there'll be massive contract deals. But it's a good thing that nothing's happened right now. I will tell you it's a bad thing if we're talking August 20th and I still don't have any news. But um, yeah. to answer the question um, a little bit further, the Chiefs have not – offer tyron Matthew an extension dot 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 yeah
3: hmm let me ask this as
1: a follow up then and you could you can brush me right back off the plate if you need to I, I won't i won't i won't be offended by it just don't hit' you know don't hit my wrist or anything here but what would the delay be benefiting right now what would they because travis kelsey they're waiting on george kittle yep uh in fact if you want to go ahead and and make a little twofer question here maybe this is uh maybe this is related maybe it's not uh brian carinder on twitter asks how much can nate reveal about why the melvin ingram visit didn't result in any further interest from the team uh is there something that they want to get done first
2: um I think in this situation, it's probably better for the Chiefs to get the Matthew extension done and then look elsewhere to how you want to. That's kind of what I thought. How you want to build you just the roster? That makes me second guess that a little bit. Now, mm. now, look, mm. now, look, mm. now look, now look, now mm. look. <laughs> oh my gosh, who who authorizes these things? Right? It's not it's not Andy Reid, although to some degree, and it's not Brevich and Brent Tillis mm-hmm. and Chris Shea in the front office. This ultimately comes down to. Again, Clark Hunt, and how much you want to get to the top of the cap. Is Clark Hunt waiting to liquidate some Dogecoin right now? What are we doing? What are you What? So, <laughs> most of the NFL is on vacation. As you well know, yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes is hitting golf balls as we speak. So, look, there there's no real pressure or need to right now. I know we as human beings get a little, like, tentative and anxious and, like, just just get the damn deal done! Um, But I think in August... Uh, is a natural deadline and i don't think anybody's panicking right now but my advice to the chiefs would be get matthew done secure the locker room then go get melvin ingram if he's ready to play if he's ready to come back and again does melvin ingram want to run these practices in late july Mm -hmm. the answer is no children (laughs)
1: Uh, all right, let's go rapid fire. I want to get through like I got a handful more. We got like five minutes. Let's 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 blow through them here. Seth, what does from Joe Moore on Twitter? What does success look like for Chris Jones at defensive end? Pressure, sacks, hurries,
3: run support, whatever that means to you. Um, all of the above being done at a high level consistently. I mean, mm. you. But it's not just tied into him. It's also going to be tied into how well. Jaron Reed does playing three tech maybe Treshawn Wharton if they have him do three tech I I low-key think we're gonna see Wharton at edge more than Jones that's just this feeling I'm getting Ooh. but whatever mm. I mean Nate did you make a noise Ooh. I made a noise that was oh me. okay. it means
1: much less Na- noises from Nate mean just, much more than
3: noises from I, I just so I, I think for Jones though success means that it's utilized judiciously and that it's effective when it's utilized um the, the more success it has, sure, wrap it up more and more and more, but they still do need to be getting some pressure from the interior as well. Um, that That's what success looks like there is – I don't know a better way to describe it than just success. Mm. He's got to be as good at wrecking offenses from there as he is from the three tech. Mm. Otherwise, or – Let's say he's 90% as good at it from defensive end and there's someone who comes in and is able to rush from that specific three tech spot, 80% as good as Jones did, as opposed to someone who would be, you know, 40% of Jones on the edge, blah, 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 right? Yeah. That, that's success. Overall team pass rush success. Uh, here's a,
1: I, I, I want us all to have a name here. You get, you get one sentence to explain from, uh, from Blake, Blake Malina on Twitter, Josh Gordon, Nikhil Harrier, Des Bryant, and why Nate?
2: Nikhil Harry, no. You don't want to stunt the growth of Michael Harmon. And uh you also have to remember that Cornell Powell is on this roster. Um I just want them to sign Des Bryant just to have a just to have a fun time. Just 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 for a fun couple, I don't know, weeks, months, whatever. But honestly, I don't I don't really see the Chiefs pursuing any of that unless there is some unforeseen injury that we don't know as of now. Blatantly disrespecting my rules. Seth, a name and a sentence,
1: Seth. Set a good example for our friend, Nate. What? <laughs> a na- Give me a name and a sentence. Nate blatantly disrespected my rules. Okay, I will give you a name and a sentence. Of what? Of, of Josh Gordon, Nikhil Harry, or Des Bryant, and you get one
3: sentence to explain why, and more likely, why not. Josh Gordon, because I think he's better than the rest of them, and the only one with a shot at moving the needle. Mm. I agree
1: with exactly what you just said, um, 100%. I don't think they'll sign any of them, but I- Josh Gordon, highest ceiling. Um, from, uh, from, well, this one's too long of a question. Uh, real quick, Chris Jackson on Twitter, how do the Chiefs differ from the rest of the NFL when it comes to positional value? Look at their, uh, their first two picks from their last two drafts. No one else is doing that. Uh, from Christian on Twitter, uh, all three of you, what are you looking forward to most at training camp, Nate? Honestly, say, did I, did I say anything wrong on the positional no. value thing? I think that's probably true, right? No, no, no.
2: No, other than, other than the Rams being like, we're doing this without Patrick Mahomes. Um, uh no i i i'm I'm looking forward to fans i'm looking forward to people saying hello uh please say hello i'll i'll be there every practice uh you know i'm looking forward to just seeing saint joe perhaps for one last time because who knows what happens after that Ooh. Um, here from,
1: last two, real quick, Chiefly Bacon on Twitter says, what is your favorite thing to eat that you can cook yourself in your own kitchen with stuff currently in your fridge or pantry? Seth.
3: A tombstone pizza.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> technically true. Uh, right now we've, uh, we've got like frozen turkey burger patties that are always just in the freezer. If I have one of those and an onion and some barbecue sauce and some form of, I could always make like a, well, I think it's like a cowboy burger. That thing is, oof. Oof, every time. Hits every time. Nate. Steak
2: and fish, kids. Steak and fish. Uh what? Right. We got we got some steak. Um and and talking of things that we have right now, we have we have I think like some tilapia, some salmon. Those are usually the things I, I go to. I like to grill. Um so yeah, so that would that would be my answer right now. Last one from Ben W, who
1: is the juiciest member of the Times Rs crew. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now I might need to explain this to Nate.
1: No, I don't. I don't. I didn't. I didn't really get an explanation whenever I saw it. Okay. I just think it's a good question. This is my fault. Um, as oh, thank you. Thank question. you for
2: acknowledging on the front end. Okay.
3: <laughs> um, so as you guys know, I I'm working with RGR Football the YouTube channel. We're having a lot of fun every Thursday night. I described a player as juicy, and. Who? I don't even remember. <laughs> okay.
2: you gotta, keep moving. That's you,
3: fine. Keep moving. Keep you, it moving. It's fine. That's Meg, all right. I can't possibly moving. surprise you. And no, people really grabbed on. onto it. And so now I have like like comic book strip memes of me saying yeah. juicy and it's becoming a thing. So I'm going to lean into it to the shock of absolutely no one.
1: I just think that, I got to say, man, I, I want to hear your answer, but I just think this is a very juicy podcast. Like, I just I, I think that we I think that this podcast could any of the three of us could go be the
2: juiciest member of another podcast pretty easily. I, I think it's Josh um, <laughs> <gasps> because no one right now has more juice as a Suns fan in Kansas City.
1: Um, oh,
0: juicy. Sure, sure,
3: sure.
1: Dripping the Suns juice. That sounds awesome. I'm glad I said that sentence out loud it's a juicy podcast. Uh, all right. That's it. That's all the time we have. We're going to actually get out on time here, guys. Unbelievable. And uh, if you want, here's the thing. If any questions we haven't answered yet, we're probably not going to do a podcast next week. Should be back after that to do kind of a a for real pre-training camp uh, episode. We'll talk about some more of the things we're specifically looking for going into camp. Uh, you got, remember, a, a little PSA, you have to reserve tickets if you want to go out there. I think those might Already, I'll be gone. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know that started, I think, yesterday. Um, but we'll all be out there for various times here and there, and uh, and and we'll do a podcast ahead of training camp, looking forward to whatever it is that we're looking forward to. So you can read Nate's work in the meantime at theathletic.com. You can also read Seth's work at the athletic, as well as the Chief of the North newsletter and then I'm on Sports Radio 810 most of the time, and uh, you just most of the time in general. Like, I mean, just you turn on the radio, and there's a decent chance. And you can follow all of us on Twitter at by uh, at by Nate Taylor. At real MN Chiefs fan at JB Briscoe. That's it. That's the show. Nate, take us out
2: into one more week off before we get turned back around for training camp. Please come to St. Joseph. Please say hello. Uh, and yeah, we you know we only have two more weeks before like real football talk, guys. But uh, seriously, thank you for the question. We always appreciate it. And yeah, please come to St. Joe if you can get one of those tickets from from the Chiefs. And if you can't get one, I'll sell you one for a reasonable marked-up price.